What's up, everybody? Anthony here from the Work Crew Podcast uh, coming at you once again. Uh, this is the second time that we are attempting to do this because uh, I got to be honest, I fucked it all up, but it's kind of good because now Cynthia's on and Cynthia wasn't on last time. So, Cynthia, you are here now. You are my my other half. I my am. Do you half. think you subconsciously did that? You miss me so much that you were like, I'm going to mess this up. I'm going to mess this up for Cynthia. No. No, not even a little bit. <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe a little bit, but it's all good because now I was trying to give you, you a way out. <laughs> now you get to now you get to talk to Verona, and we can I all know, have this great conversation. And my audio wasn't even that good on the last one. There, there was something off about my mic, so you know it kind of like works out for everybody involved. And now we actually kind of know what to talk about now. Verona, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you actually hear me this time? <laughs> yes, I can. I can. I, I can hear you. I can Amazing. Hear you. I don't. I don't blame you. I blame me. It's all my fault. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't think it. I don't think anybody's to blame. No worries. <laughs> it's 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 all good. We'll blame Elon Musk. All right. Yeah. Let's do that. That's good. That's good all for right. me. That's such a good one. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> all right. So so Verona, um, we're just gonna hit the topics that we kind of already talked about, yeah. and we kind of have a kind of have a rhythm about them now, but. Cool. You know, I had like 20 minutes of usable material from the last podcast, but literally nothing about the movie that's coming out. Literally nothing about the Toronto International Film Festival horror story. Um, none of that. All that was gone. So that was like literally like the the, the best part. You know, that was the finale. And none Bummer. of that was none of that was recorded. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, but first, Verona, uh, you you built a swimming pool. Oh my goodness! Are we, are we talking about the swimming pool again? <laughs> yeah, you you got you got to let you got to let uh, people know what it was like uh, trying to build a swimming swimming pool in California in the middle of the pandemic and how that worked out uh, for look, you. California, Los Angeles, to some degree, you know, is overregulated when it comes to building. It's mostly because my understanding is they're trying to suck as much money out of developers as possible, mm-hmm. but as a result, it all sort of overflows to private construction and stuff as well. So. You know, and they've also, you have to retrofit all these old buildings for um, earthquakes and there's just a ton of regulations. But the horror story of me building my pool is not because of the pandemic. It is not because California and Los Angeles has a lot of building restrictions. It's because the pool company that I hired, who I did research, you know, I found them recommended on my local next door. I live on a hillside in Los Angeles, so it's different than building a pool on a flat surface. Um, I had asked people in the neighborhood who had pools built in their backyard, also on Hillside, who they used, and they came highly recommended. And then I went on Google and they had really good reviews, Yelp, really good reviews. I had interviewed several pool companies and they seemed to be the most responsive in terms of, you know, answering my questions and be willing and were willing to use my design for my pool, which is literally just a rectangle. So it's not like rocket science or anything. <laughs> Um, but they came really highly recommended and I felt confident and they also offered a really good price, which was under my budget, just barely. And I knew that I would ultimately come out over budget, but not in any huge amount. So I hired this company and I signed the contract in September, 2019. And I jumped into my pool for the first time in November, 2021. Oh, geez. Because, uh, incompetence. The the TLDR is pure incompetence. Um, now everything I hear about construction or anything, I when they when they talk about like ma- massive buildings or anything being constructed, how long it takes, I'm always like, it took less time than to build my pool. It took less time to clean up the debris from 9/11 than it did to build my pool. <laughs> it took less time for people in the 20s to build um, 
the Hollywood Bowl, which is this like amphitheater where they have a lot of shows. And at the time it was on like tracks so you could move it around. Then to build my pool, like everything took less time. Um, And if I really go through every detail of it, you just wouldn't believe me. Like it's, it's, it's like the Trump presidency, like everything that goes wrong. You're like, (laughs) no, nobody would believe this. If you like wrote this into a movie, they'd be like, that's too much. But every step of the way, it was the reason I know it's incompetence and not miscommunication is this. Let's say you're doing a project. You make a mistake because there's a misunderstanding on, you know, a document, whatever. If it were me going forward, before I did anything, I would always double check. I'd be like, well, last time we had a mistake. So I just want to make sure, can you please confirm? And then I'd get a yes from the client and I move forward. And this, these people didn't do that. They went beyond not confirming to like just inventing new documents. People would like make new copies of the documents and change the note, change the notation. So the plans had like the wrong information on them, which I had a photo that I'd taken of the plan that I signed off on. So I kept oh, that's referring, that's yeah, smart. I kept referring back to the original one being like, this is the one I initialed. I don't know what you're looking at. And then they would yeah. send me a photo of theirs and it was like wildly different. And I was like, well, I don't see my signature on that. So uh, don't know where you got that. They're but like, they did scribble this really quick and then photocopy it again. Right, right. So uh, the things that they screwed up. So they starting at the very top, um, I had already had a bunch of uh, geological studies and stuff done in my backyard because of hillside and the bedrock and all these things. I had already hired somebody previously. He submitted that paperwork. They submitted it to the city. In October, the city emailed back and said, Hey, we also would like this additional supporting information. And I was like, sure, no problem. We hit the holidays. So there was a little delay. So the beginning of January, you know, I get that out to them and then it's added. And then in March, the beginning of March, right. Which is when we hit the pandemic 2020, it actually gets submitted. So that's for sure. Bad timing, just poor timing around. So I expect a little delay. And then a month later, I email the pool company and I'm like, hey, any update? And they're like, no. And I, I, a month later, I email them again. I was like, hey, any update? And they're like, no, we just checked the online system and no. Or no, they said we called and spoke to somebody and they said no. And I was like, okay, we get to July and like nothing has happened. So I have the original email from the city. So I email that lady back and I was like, hey, I'm so sorry to bother you. I'm sure you're very busy. Um, <laughs> I was just wondering if there's anything you need that you're waiting on from me to be able to complete this. And she's like, it's been approved since April 30th. That's the, see, that's the worst part when you have to go through several different people to get something done. Uh, Yeah. Bureaucracy. I don't know what else to call it. Red tape or whatever. And it just slows down everything. But you know, it's so funny about that. Um, Anthony, he always is talking about you. I follow you on Instagram. You're, you're somebody that we both find very fascinating. We really like everything that you do. And he, from the because we started uh the the podcast during the pandemic he has been talking about this pool (laughs) since we started this podcast so to finally kind of have like did it happen like i was just like the saga of the pool for for us from the beginning of this podcast it's so Which stupid. Is wild to me <laughs> that you're just now like, hey, guess what? I finally got that done. Something that and, and not only that, that Ver- Verona, Verona talked about me and you both coming out there and going swimming. Since See, I literally, don't know if like, she did. Since, All I know is like, since, since literally, like, well, well, she invited me, and then she's <laughs> okay. like, well, you can, have a, you can have a plus <laughs> one, and obviously, you were going to be my plus one. Oh, uh, so but uh, that's literally been talked about for 
over two years now. So yeah. Verona, yeah, how- <laughs> it's going to be so cool. This pool is going to be it's, so cool. And, it, and it, re- it really is so cool. So, you know, we'll, we'll say this, Verona, how close is that pool to the actual vision that you had of the pool? And then how over budget were you? Okay. So it's pretty close. The biggest flaw is that the proportions of, so the hot tub is like inside the pool. So it's, if you picture it's just a rectangle and then instead of having the hot tub, like as a separate entity, it's like inside the pool. So it's a long rectangle, the stairs and stuff are on the left-hand side and the hot tub's kind of in the middle of the pool. And so the deep end is on the right. And so the reason I did it that way is so that I like to swim laps. So it meant that I could swim. I have a full like 30 feet swim corridor to do laps back and forth, but we still have like an area where you can sit and like read in the pool with this, this sort of like Baja. And then it has like a real deep end where you can like faff around and jump in and everything. So the hot tub is like a foot too big on all sides. So wait, wait, okay, wait, a foot too big, like you wanted it cozier or? So, yeah. So we wanted the, the the finished outer edge of it to be six feet by six feet because that is comfortable on the, that means the inside is like five feet by five feet. Basically it's plenty for like four people to sit comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's only two of us who live here. So at the end of the day, it really only has to be comfortable for two people really. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so as a result, that extra foot encroaches on the swim corridor. So instead of being seven feet wide swim corridor, it's five feet wide. Uh, so it messes up your your workout, basically. Yeah. So swim. like I can still I can still swim back and forth, but it's like a much tighter fit than I would have liked. Yeah. It just feels really narrow. A little bit of a goldfish in a tiny bowl yeah. kind of feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, for that like particular area. And so the hot tub just is enormous. And like when you have a bunch of people over, it's fine. <laughs> but it's just like how much seating do you need? Because it has benches on three sides. We have this big stair. It also like screwed up the proportions of the stairs because the stairs end where the hot tub ends and that's too far in. So yeah. you, so you, you have an area are kind where- of that hot tub couple. I mean, I was just a little like, bit, like it kind of accidentally, right? Yeah. Like, as a result, like, we're now no, like, have like everybody <laughs> over. Yeah. And, and then like, it's the- like, don't guys, it's, I'm not trying to be weird, but like, let the hot tub might be a better option. <laughs> We could all get real cozy, 10 of us. <laughs> yeah. That's not weird, right? Yeah, I love so that. Big. I mean, the thing that is kind of cool about like, one of the reasons I put it in the middle, besides having the swim corridor, is that we have this like tile surface now. So if you're in the pool, we kind of have like a bar built into the pool where you can like oh, put your drinks shit. down uh, or, put, or put like your snacks down or whatever. So these are can, like, good issues to have. Yeah. These are, yeah. I love it. I'm picturing it. Sounds really awesome. I, pool snacks and drinks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what, a, what, what, yeah. We have like a really, we have like a retro style cooler on wheels so that we fill it with ice and we can put drinks and stuff in there and snacks. And then when you're in the pool, you want to have drinks and snacks. So we have these like little bowls that have a it. lid. So you, the dogs or bugs or whatever can't get into them. And you can like yeah. be in the pool flapping around and then drink your drink and then have some Cheez-Its or whatever. And then I love flap around. Cheez-Its. Yes, please. Cheez-Its. Yeah. Yes. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm just, Great. I'm like picturing it and I'm just like, these are all lovely things. I love all of it. Even though you had to go through like the most annoying. It was what just is a it, nightmare. Like, dude. It was a nightmare. <laughs> every, I'm telling you, every step of the way, they just fucked something up. Like You're there like, was please, no. I just want to eat Cheez-Its. By the time, by the time <laughs> we got to the Anthony knows this. By the time we got to like the last three months of the pool, when we were like really close to the to the finish line, 
I was like so over it. Like I was completely like emotionally exhausted with this fucking pool. <laughs> My husband, like who is a professionally as a project manager, he's like, you need to call him every day. And I was like, I can't. You're like, like, I don't fine. even want this pool anymore. Please yeah. just like, let me go away and just not like, like look at this it. pool anymore. He was like, I'm just going to call him. So he started literally calling the business owner every single day, like phoning the guy every single day and requesting That's awesome. to talk to him. And they still fuck things up. Like of course. they still, you know. And not, they, and not only that, there was a guy that came there to do something for you, right? And then he just like disappeared off the face of the earth and pretended yeah, the like he didn't know manager. who you were. I'm sorry, like, did you just get ghosted by your pool guy? No, yeah. no, it was it was it was also another guy where you had to like change your Google number to like Google Voice to figure out who oh, it was. No, and- that, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> After the pool was finished, we wanted to build like a like a fence around the pool equipment, you know, like a little so it's like not unsightly, you know, and it has like a little lid and it's covered and just like a little, a little enclosure. And I was trying to hire a carpenter and I also needed the carpenter to replace a door in my house and finding a carpenter. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know if I attract <laughs> fucking weirdos. So I went to the carpenters. I went through the first guy was like this 75 year old man who just really wanted to talk and would not give me an estimate. And like ever, he just He's kept like, hey, what's up me. with that uh, hot tub? How many people do you put in that hot tub? <laughs> and he was like, hey, so I, I talked to uh, Pandora. You know, she works at the door store and she's really great. You know, they've been so busy. And I was like, uh-huh. So what's the estimate? He's like, well, you know, <laughs> and like he didn't write anything down. And so eventually I emailed him. I was like, hey, can I get that estimate? He's like, I've been working a lot in Joshua Tree. And I was oh, like, hey, God. man, no worries. And I stopped. The second guy I found online, he had a ton of reviews. I called him and I was like, hey, just so you know, um, you know, we're still wearing masks. And I you know, so if you're not vaccinated and he went, just went off the deep end on like a racist, xenophobic, oh, anti-vax rant. And he was like, it, I'm not going to take that communist vaccine. And I was like, okay, I don't think this is going to work. And he was like, right. And he just immediately, I hung up and then he texted me a racist propaganda video about COVID. And then no. the next guy... The next he was time, like, actually, I'm going to force you. I'm it so, was so wild. awful. Like, you're like, literally, this is what I get for wanting one nice thing in my life. Like, Honestly. I just wanted, like, something nice for myself. Communism yeah. is, no, it's funny. No, yeah. then the ne- and then the next guy was, like, a really normal young guy. I found him online. He had a whole contracting company. He specializes in carpentry. He, um, he, you know, came by, he took measurements, he wrote things down, he texted me the quote within 24 hours. And then I texted him back saying, I'd love to do this. Um, can I give you deposit? He said yes. And then I, I didn't give him one because I never heard from him again. And then I had to go out of town, there was a bunch of stuff. So I tried following up and it like, just kept going to voicemail. And then like, he wasn't responding and he wasn't responding to my texts. So after I just gave up and eventually I decided to Google his number. Cause I was like, this guy must've died. Like something's weird, you know, like he died of COVID or something. Oh, but then no. I decided to Google it. I found his number and I called from a Google voice and he had blocked my number. He picked up. Oh. I, don't, I don't know why. It's because you're a communist that takes the vaccine. No, 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 no. That is not, the, that is not the reason. It's because Verona, Verona is drop dead gorgeous. And then, and then his wife, 
saw Verona's picture or something, and then his wife was oh, like, "Oh, I can see that. Oh, I can don't see go that. over yeah, there yeah, no yeah. more. Block her immediately." She was like, to. "You are not allowed to go over there. You're gonna have to find some other house to go to." <laughs> either, either she saw my picture on Instagram and she was like, "I don't like the like this," or he was like deeply religious and he came in my house and there's just Satan stuff everywhere, and he was like, "I'm not comfortable with this." But instead of saying anything, like, why did he give me a quote then? Oh, like, why did he know. give me a quote? Maybe that's so why weird. the wife thing makes, I don't know. I think the wife thing makes a little bit more sense because he could have just been like, you know what? I don't want to. Or maybe he was just shy. He had to think oh, it over. No, he had man, to pray it was about it. Horrendous. So like, oh, just this whole thing, trying to, trying to hire people. I don't know if it's the same where you guys are, but trying to hire people like contractors here. It's a, I have a billion dollar idea. If you were a contractor who like literally just did the job for the amount of money you said it was going to take be for any amount of time it was going to take. Oh, I had dogs fighting. Oh. I, I was like, Oh no. <laughs> I thought my dog freaked out for a second. That's so funny. No, I just have little stupid dogs fighting on me. Um, yeah. Kind of like I just, I have four chihuahuas. Oh, four ch- yeah. They sounded like chihuahuas. Yeah. 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 Like the little higher pitch. That's cute. Yeah. I like it. So anyway, that is the that is a, like the non-specific but also short version of the stupid pool <laughs> construction nightmare. It's- you had everything thrown at you: incompetence and um, racism. I mean, at one point they, they added a bench into the deep end of the pool that was not in the plans. I don't know why, and I noticed it the day it went in, and I like texted the guy right away to be like, Hey, this isn't supposed to be here. And because the concrete was still fresh, they could have taken it out fairly easily. But instead he was like, let me talk to the office. And then I had to spend the next three weeks like watering it. Cause that's how you cure concrete made it really hard. And so mm-hmm. by the time they finally agreed to remove it, it was like the hardest version of itself. And then Jesus. they sent literal children. First they sent two guys with one jackhammer who like made no dent in it at all in like a full eight hours. They were like, this machinery is not big enough. I don't know what we're supposed to do. And then for the next week they had like, they were definitely under 18, like three children, all with jackhammers, no eye protection, like jackhammering out this concrete bench in my backyard. Um, That's so random. Like they just threw in a bench. Yeah, they just literally added because that stupid girl in the office who made copies of the plan added a bench. She just yeah, added a bench. Listen, girl, you're going to need a bench. You're going to love this. Look, you can seat 10 people in the hot tub, another four <laughs> people on the stairs, but like, what if we did like 12 additional people what in the deep end? All, everyone over. What if it was what just would you do then? What if it's not even a pool? It's just wet seating. <laughs> it's just wet seating. She's like made an amphitheater in your backyard. She's like, you're welcome. So now that that pool story has been delivered and, and, you know, Verona format with Cynthia. Did I make it longer? I'm sorry. Anthony has been so No, 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 absolutely. Did you make, did you make it longer? Yes. But do I ultimately think it was a better story because you made it longer? Also, yes. So Thanks. you win. You win. I mean, I didn't even hit every point. Like, oh, no. Th- I'm that, so this, sorry. This is, no, this is an hour-long podcast. We could talk about literally just the pool. For but, more than an hour. But then it's we so would, stupid. But then we would not be able to talk about the Toronto International Film Festival horror story. Yeah. Yeah, more horror stories. I don't know what's going on with me. But I'm just having a lot <laughs> so of... How, so how was your time at the Toronto International okay, Film Festival? Well, 
I'm from Toronto, so having a show playing at the Toronto International Film Festival is a huge deal for me because it's the biggest festival in North America and it's where I'm from. You know, it's my the festival that I'm used to hearing about growing up, the one I used to go to, and they have this event called Midnight Madness, which is when they do all the genre films. So they do like sci-fi, horror, all that stuff. And the thing that's great about Midnight Madness is because they are doing genre films, people go to that because it literally is at midnight. They want to be there. It's not mm-hmm. like film critics who are there to have a bad time or people there for <laughs> to like have a, a bad time. <laughs> they're not, yeah, they're like not there to be thinking about it. Like everybody, they buy tickets to Midnight Madness because they want to participate in it. And if they don't like the film, fair enough. Like that's, but they go in with like the spirit of like, let's have a great time and watch some fucked up shit. And mm-hmm. so it was really exciting for me to be able to be part of Toronto International Film Festival, to be in a show, to be able to go to it, be in the audience with the Midnight Madness, like all the best things. But before the show, so the show's at midnight. So the red carpet's at 11. So before the show, my friend Maggie, who's the writer director of my segment of VHS 99, which is called Shredding, um, she invited me to join her as her plus one at this dinner that Shudder, who's the producing company and where it's airing, that mm-hmm. they were having. So it was like the head of Shudder, some you know executives, producers, the other directors, for so all the directors for the segments and a couple of the other actors and stuff were there as well. And so she invited me to to go with her because her husband was not interested in going. So I went with her. We were supposed to be there, I think, at 7.30. So I get to her hotel. I hop in her SUV, which is like, I mean, it's driving us around the corner, but still she has this driver for the night. It's very cool. So we go, we pull up to this building that looks familiar to me, but I can't quite place it. But I do know the area really well. So it's like, oh, have I ever been to this restaurant before? I'm not really sure. But before we went, I had looked at the menu because I just don't like a lot of things. And that was good because it was like a very, not that I'm paying for it, but it was a very expensive menu and it was mostly seafood and I don't eat seafood. And it was like caviar, lobster rolls, like hot, fancy, expensive. I think the, they had some steaks, but like the cheapest one was like 90 bucks. And you know, the most expensive one was like $200. Like this was a fancy fucking restaurant where I was like. Not again, like not I not that I was paying for it, but I was like, I don't know. I don't think I'm gonna like it. So I ate before I left. My mother made me dinner, which she had wanted to do anyway, so everybody won. And I decided and it's delicious, I was, obviously. It was amazing. So I figure I'll go, I'll have a drink and I'll have dessert. And like that's you know, that's fine. I'll socialize. That's really what it's about. And we get to the restaurant and there's banners out front showing that they're, you know, participating in TIFF. And there's like a bouncer, which I think is kind of weird. Oh. But we walk in. And we're escorted upstairs. And so the place is a huge, you imagine it's like a huge square. And downstairs is a full massive floor. And then upstairs is second floor, but it's open to below, kind of like a balcony. So there's mm-hmm. sort of private dining rooms, but you can walk to the edge and then look and see the dining room Almost below you. Almost like a you. courtyard setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That bit, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And except it's all inside. And right, right. It's like kind of dark when we get there and like a little bit too loud for what I would have anticipated a fine dining restaurant with these kind of prices to be like. And it becomes apparent very quickly that it is not what anybody thought it was because oh every 30 minutes it gets darker and louder. And by louder, I mean, there's a DJ playing house music and um, the waitresses are very nice, mm-hmm. but um they, they also can't we, hear anything. <laughs> yeah, well, I can't hear them. They also, like, we can't get it. We can't get any food. So they, like, they have, there's menus on the table. So we look at them. They take them away before we can order anything. An executive orders some appetizers for the table. 
everybody says they're like mediocre. Fine. We all get a round of drinks. Um, and then we're like waiting, they clear, we're waiting more drinks. We're waiting. They bring the menus back. We're waiting. They take the order. We're waiting. We place our order. We're waiting. We are now two hours into the dinner. Everybody has picked up some appetizers that were not very good. And we have not eaten any food yet. Except and, you made that smart right. decision to eat beforehand. One of the producers has had too many drinks and is very drunk. <laughs> uh, we are all shouting at each other because it's so fucking loud that, like, I have earplugs in and I'm still uncomfortable. And no, then the- are you serious? Do you bring yes. earplugs to places? Everywhere. Everywhere. You are, I do too. I get the loop ones. Sorry, yeah. super a little. Well, not super off topic, but like, do you? Which do you have a brand? I'm so sorry. Well, I'm I used like, no, it's fine. I used to have like custom ones that I got from like an audiologist, like kind of like how musicians wear, but without mm-hmm. the monitor plug in. Um, but those died a little while ago. So lately, I've just been. I have like a, a canister of the what you know the foam orange earplugs. Oh from my god! CBS. Like <laughs> just yeah. like. Uh, <laughs> canister of the orange this is i love this i love yeah. this story yeah. yeah okay i i wear the lo- the brand loop because uh, you know on the plane Are they it's good? so loud yeah well because i i wear headphones i each everything's so loud and i'm gonna lose my hearing so yeah. i try to like minimize it and it kind of helps even like going to the grocery store where i can still hear and like be aware of stuff but not be so inundated with noise yes. but i lo- yes. i'm just imagining you with the orange squishy ones yes just like in your ears just shouting like shouting did you shouting. like your appetizers and the right. other person's drunk going like i think it's good yeah. and you're just yeah i love it okay continue please sorry and so like it's, it's fine it's just really hard to be like the charming actor to these executives when like you have to scream when you're like, what, what? Yeah. You know, nobody except for the drunk producers having a good time. We're all like, it's way too fucking loud. It's super dark. And then the DJ is joined by a live saxophonist who is going table to table playing saxophone with the house music. Like Timmy fucking trumpet. Like, wait, so instead of, this is literally my nightmare, by the way. (laughs) No, 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 because like if you did like a mariachi band that goes to table to right, which we also talked about on the last part, literally talked about exactly that. Same people, I'm telling you, like that. There's like a something to it because there's no other music playing, so it's like perfect. Like go table to table, everybody enjoys it. But I love the fact that they were like, no, this is upscale. We're gonna have a DJ and then just the most (laughs) random instrument and it's right. gonna be so good and could you Love like it. ask like request any songs i don't know one of the directors <laughs> his name's flying lotus who's his primary gig is he's a musician i think and a dj and like he was saying later he's like man i was ready to go request that that guy turn it the fuck down like <laughs> he's like, like no, i get this man this is my gig as well but if you could just down to a two um so yeah the, so the, funny. And here's the thing when i said about the mariachi is like if you go to a restaurant that has mariachi you know in advance and right. like they come around they play a song or two and then they go away and then it goes yes, back they do. right yeah like and it's 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 sweet because like you usually have like a birthday or two or right, an anniversary right. so they play toward you know to the crowd where it's like hey do you have like a you know does anybody have like a beautiful thing blah 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 so then you have you get all the birthdays and the anniversaries and everybody feels really good. And then it's done. Right. Exactly. Yeah, which is, lo- it's lovely. I love, you know, no complaints. Exactly. And I think too, like if somebody played a professional instrument, 
at your table, it'd be very nice. But I feel like everything that you're describing is that they just threw you into a dark room that was loud, which like it messes with all of your senses. So now you're like not eating. You're maybe, maybe people are over drinking. It's loud. You you were like disoriented so it just sounds like one of those nights where you're just like I don't know what to do like I I had there's nothing that prepared me for the weirdness that is this in right. a quote-unquote or supposedly semi uh professional setting where like these are people right. that I've worked with or I could potentially work with so it's just like such a jarring experience Exactly. And, you know, I'm dressed up for a red carpet because I got, you know, dressed at my mom's house and then came downtown. And we're getting together for this dinner at 7.30. And I anticipated we'd probably be out of there by like 9, 9.30, you know, and then I'd probably go, we'd go meet some of our other um, friends who were in town for the festival or like the composer for the, for the segment. Like there were other people we knew. And like now we're getting to like... <laughs> We're at 9.30 and we haven't eaten anything. Oh, and, uh, you know, I'm feeling okay. I've had a glass of something, but I'm feeling fine. But, I, you know, I, I place an order when they come around. I thought, you know, I'd have something. And we get to 10 o'clock and Maggie turns to me and she sort of leans in. She has to shout because she can't literally whisper. But <laughs> she's like, hey, I got to get out of here. Like, I, I'm starving and I don't know. Like, we have to be at the red carpet in an hour and, like, I need time to chill out. And I was like, for sure. Because she was also – this is her first – film at a festival that's like a big deal and she was doing a Q&A after and she was just like really anxious like mm-hmm. it makes total sense and she's like I can't I gotta go so she she's eats like, and please tell me this is not like an every time right. right so she eats like a burrata like starter which is like a ball of cheese and she really doesn't eat dairy but she just like needed something oh, no. to eat and she's like can we go? And I was like, yeah. She's like, are you sure you haven't eaten? I was like, babe, I ate before I came yeah. like intentionally. So we just sort of get up and we're like, Hey, so sorry, I need to go. And you can kind of see the pain on the faces of the people who like had not thought of this, who were like still sitting there, who oh, definitely God. wanted to get the fuck out of there. So we leave, we go back to her hotel. We like grab some chips and stuff at the store so she can like eat something. We hang out a little bit. And then eventually we go the screening is amazing. We have a really fun time. She does great in the Q and A. People, you know, respond really well. It's really enjoyable. I don't get home and roll into bed until like three thirty because it's a midnight mm. show, yeah. um, and I have to be back downtown by like ten for some press stuff, which was like really an oversight on my end. Um, but I, I talked to my some of my Toronto friends the next day, and I was like, "Hey, listen to this thing that happened," and I tell them, and I also tell them that at one point, one of the tables in the lower level, they had like the waitresses came out with like sparklers and like a sign that said like, you know, John in Canada or whatever, like somebody had immigrated or was visiting or whatever. And Mm. they clearly have what's like a, a a tray of shots, like visibly, probably tequila shots, which is like, okay, weird. But if you look at their table, there's like a seafood tower that they've been eating. And I was like, you've been gorging on like seafood and now you're going to start shooting tequila. This sounds like a bad time. That's, I don't want to listen. I don't want to yuck anybody's yum, but like, I if you're not like a a person that consistently eats seafood, yeah, um, that can really like tequila can bring up some yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, right. Like, because there's there's like coastal 
places in Mexico, for example, in Colombia, like Central South America, where that's like a very normal combination because you consume so much. We are in Canada. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm just thinking like you you were talking about like caviar and all this stuff. And I'm just like, oh no, even like the best tequila that first of and the other thing, tequila has a way of making people feel that is very, very different than any other alcohol. And I'm I'm it's not a bashing of tequila. It's just there's a reason most like airline carriers do not carry tequila. Right. Like tequila right. makes people kind of funny. So I could just imagine like gorged on seafood and then just like shots. Disgusting. <laughs> like, oh, Disgusting. No. So I, I tell this whole story to my Toronto friends the next day and I'm like and I tell them the location and they're like, oh, that used to be For Your Eyes Only, which was a strip club. And I was like, oh, uh, no wonder sense. I recognize the building because there was like a bar in the basement I used to go to. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that makes sense. And I was like, hey, I wonder if those girls like used to dance there, like the waitresses, because they were all really pretty. And I was like, I wonder if they used to dance there. And I bet they made way more money if they were dancers oh, there God, than they are yeah. now. But I tell them this whole horror story and they're like, oh, this was like all over Toronto TikTok a couple months ago. It's only been open for three months. And I was like, really? Why? And they go, it's not a restaurant. It's a restaurant themed nightclub. Wait, a restaurant themed? Yes. I don't even, I don't, what, I don't get, I, hmm. It's like, you know, I don't know if you ever watched Sex in the City, but like there's all these episodes where they go to like really stupidly themed trendy bars. There's like one called Bed and everybody's like in beds. Like it just the whole thing felt like that. It felt like a set piece for some uh, like, like a cosplay. Like, they're just have, like, like a show. So it's a nightclub and which is why everything is super overpriced and why they have a big champagne menu and caviar. It's, it's because like. It's for a bunch of like mediocre dudes who want people to think they're super rich so they can like splash out on like okay. you know and Instagram and TikTok and take These photos of them drinking Dom Perignon and eating, eating seafood and all this like stuff that looks great on the internet. But it's not the reason the food was not great is because it's not like a fine dining establishment. Well, it's, it's like when you club. when you go to like a strip club, there's there's nights where they're like we have all you can eat or like steaks or like right yeah like well, chicken nobody's wings. there for the steak nobody goes there like it's not well there are there of course there are people that go but it's not like oh my god we should stop here i hear the chicken wings are amazing at the strip club right <laughs> like right. that's not your main attraction i could just imagine these poor girls like I just I smell like seafood and I do not get nearly as many to and honestly yes. do whatever yes. but like that's they got like downgrade like that's a downgrade unfortunately yeah. where and and, and, and sure I'm not shitting on anybody but I'm just saying like I used to twerk here and now I have to like pretend to care about your lobster dinner that right you know it's not good <laughs> it's and look terrible. I don't know for sure that they were dancers I'm you know I'm speculating. Uh, just because they're all like very pretty and very sociable. Pretty good speculation. Pretty yeah. Good. Um, yeah. But yeah, man. So, Verona, you, you, I did tell you on the last episode that you're actually the second VHS actor, actress yeah. we've had on. You're the fourth, you're the fourth shutter person that we've had on. That's wild. Um, so, shutter, you need to start paying us. Shutter. Just saying, oh, yeah, I would never cancel my yeah. shutter subscription. I am about yeah. this horror life, like legitimately. Like, I am about you're this life. About this horror so, life? 
horror like horror 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 you better enunciate you know there's I'm girls trying, out there look man look I'm, I'm from the south i don't know what you want from me all right listen <laughs> all right listen You've got so fans. listen yeah i got fans enunciate. all right so you are the second vhs actress we've had on we had on hannah fairman who was the siren in the original vhs movie oh yeah and verona i'm i'm not sure if you know this or not but i'm looking at imdb.com right now and you are the top billed actress in the entire movie did you know that i did not know that but that so, may have just been the order in which they added them who knows <laughs> irregardless irregardless that's still a big deal on imdb yeah. i mean yeah. it's the central database for for you know everything movies yeah. and so when you click on yeah, VHS 99 on IMDb, you are the top build. And so that's a big deal, regardless of, or regardless of however they do it, it's still a big deal. So I just want to let you know. I'm a big fan of that. that. Very yep. cool. That's and, awesome. I, and, I'm, and I'm a fan of you and I'm excited for you. So I like, I'm a big fan of VHS. So when I found out you were going to be in it, I was so excited and I can't wait. And that's why like, I'm hosting the movie night up here. We're going to have the popcorn machine. It's going to be a lot of fun. And if you are in or around the area, please come down to W Crew Cigar Lounge and watch the movie with us. And if you don't come, you're dead to me. So I'm sorry. Yep. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, but Great. seriously, I'm um, I'm very excited for you. Uh, is this? Would you say this is the biggest role you've had since Bosch? Bosch is probably your most well-known recurring role, at least like in a major television show, right? Yeah. I mean, shredding without giving anything away, shredding is a, um, ensemble piece. So there's two storylines that you're following each with four people. One is with a band that my character Deidre is in called bitch cat. And then there's another band called rack. And so there's four people in rack, there's four people in bitch cat. And it's like these, this parallel storyline, you know, that they end up intertwined. Um, so, you know, like it's not like the siren short where where she is like the the pinnacle character and then all the you know amateur night all the, the guys happen around her um this is much more collaborative so like there's four members in this band and we all get sort of roughly equal screen time and then there's four members in the other band um but in terms of like something that's really recognizable where you in fact you also see my face i would say it's probably the biggest deal you know i do voices for star wars and that's a huge deal obviously but yes. you don't see my face right so Unless you're really into voice actors, like nobody fucking cares. And this is certainly a big deal because I'm in it. I look, you know, I look like a more extreme version of me, but I definitely look like me. I get to play this very cool character that I like really love. And it's a franchise that people are wild about. And I'm so excited that I got to participate in in this world. And also, this is my first time really working in horror professionally. And it's something that I think I would, I've always thought I really love doing. And so far it's been very cool. Like the being able to be a blob monster or whatever and get prosthetics and, and all that stuff's like so fun and gross and um, really creative. Like really, it really fills something in the, the actor imagination when you get to be. So did you, did you have to audition for this role or was it like created for you? This role was created for me. Heck oh, yeah. That's I so love cool. that. That's so yeah. awesome. It was also, this was also the easiest job that I've ever gotten, which is, you know, a very nice feeling. It is, it is it, being an actor is tough. You know, even if you're successful, you can sometimes read interviews or see interviews with like very famous actors, like even, you know, the Meryl Streep's of the world who still have that anxiety that they're never going to work again. And it's like, what you are in everything you're, you're, you know, Meryl Streep is considered one of the greatest living actors and she thinks that she's never going to work again. Like what fucking hope do I have? Yeah. So being an actor really, you know, you have to have a certain amount of emotional stamina to just sort of push through and really be dedicated to it. 
So being able to get a role that you enjoy doing that you really didn't have to do any work to get is such a nice situation to be in for once because it's so rare. Like it's really, unless you're the child of somebody famous, it is so rare to be able to just be handed something that you get to like play with. And also as a result, I got to really be involved in the process and make a lot of decisions about my character in an interesting way that helped identify her in this world um, that after you guys see it, like will make a lot more sense. But like in terms of the costuming and the makeup and some of the decisions with like within the band make are really, really specific. And it's because in an anthology, you know, it's a short film, it's 20 minutes long or whatever, you have such a limited amount of time to make an impression and to make that character memorable and to make the audience care about them because it's just not a lot of time. Right. So it was very, it was such an honor. Also, Maggie is wildly talented and so nice to work for. And she really goes out of her way, not just with her friends, but with every actor she works with to make sure that everybody feels really comfortable. And she really, she'll always have a cast meeting at the beginning and say like, listen, I want you to look good. Like, I don't want to do anything to make you feel bad or make you look bad. Like, I want you to feel proud of the work that you're doing. So if we don't get something or you want to try something, she's like, just tell me if, if we didn't get the take that you wanted and you just want to do it one more time. That's cool. Let's just do it again. Don't be shy. That's Let's awesome. do it. Let's do it. And that's also really rare. You know, I've, I've worked with a bunch of directors who were like not terribly friendly, who were like, abrupt or would shout at you or just were on such a crunch with their, with their schedule that like there was no room to enjoy the work. It was just like pushing through what was ever, you know, the shot list and there was like no fun in it. And this was so great. So I hope you guys love it. Cause I had a great time doing it. And, and I told you intentionally, and I haven't watched any of the trailers because I want to go in blind. I don't want to know anything about this. Like I'm excited just to watch it fresh. That's how yeah. I like to watch movies and just knowing that you're in it. And I'm such a big fan of the franchise. It's like, dude, I'm, I cannot wait. I am so excited. I'm going to make Cynthia watch it and it's going to be great. Oh, well, I'm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm trying, you know, I wasn't like the biggest. No, but you, you're going to you're gonna have to send me, you're going to have to send me confirmation. I'm going to quiz you. I'm going to sleep. You're going to you're gonna have to, you're going to have to, I'm going to have to hack into your like ring camera and sit there and watch you watch it to make sure that it's, <laughs> it's sure that it's done. Yeah, uh, Verona, no, you also, wouldn't. you also have uh, another big project coming up that you can't talk about, right? Yeah. Okay. I just wanted yeah. to throw that out there. Just, just, just to throw it out there. You can't talk about it, but it's coming. Yeah, yeah. I it hopefully comes out. I mean, what I can say is it's a video game and it in theory I think comes out next year, but who knows. Um I got cast in it last year at the beginning of last year and I've worked on it last year and then once this year and I'm working on it again in 2 weeks and I don't know how long this will continue. Um but it's very cool. I'm originating a character in a video game and uh I'm really excited about it and it's been a little bit scary. And because I know video game people can be really mean, I'm a little bit scared. <laughs> you don't say that they're going to be mean to me afterwards. They're going to like have bad things. Better to not yeah, be mean to Verona. She's yeah. putting so much work and effort into this. Yeah. Better you not. Gotta, you ain't got to worry about that. All right. We got, you, we got your back. Yeah. I'm real, a, little, a little bit scared about it, but um, I am, I, I'm having a good time. So for now I'm trying to, internalize how how fun it is to do it and how much I'm enjoying working on it and how proud I am that I got to originate this character and that I think she's cool and I just hope that like it carries through and then yeah you guys need to build like a wall around me oh, next definitely, year definitely you know it's gonna be it's gonna be whatever it is all right it's gonna be a day one purchase for me for sure yeah I mean as soon as as soon as anything is announced you know I'm gonna post that shit on social media for sure but I 
I'm currently under a very scary NDA as yeah, you are. No, no, no worries. No worries. I, I Even, just wanted to talk about what we could yeah. talk about. Because you mentioned this to me like a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I've just, it's been floating out there ever since. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to know that it's still coming. I mean, you know, it's funny because I, you know, I got cast in it and then I didn't hear anything for like seven or eight months. And I was like, oh, I've definitely been fired. You know, like <laughs> I, they just, I was, they just, they're not doing it anymore. And then yeah. I did the first couple of days and I was like, okay, it's back on. And then I didn't hear anything for like six months. I was like, okay, I've definitely been fired for real this time. And then they were like, we need you to come in. I was like, okay, awesome. And I was like, okay, well, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. But maybe I've been fired, and then they called me in again. So and maybe it seems I like a roller coaster ride with that type of media, just because of the amount of work that I'm sure that they have to do to kind of yeah. like get some snippets, and then like okay, the mouth has to move a certain way, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Assume, There's just like so much. There's so much, and video games get shit canned all the time. Oh, I didn't know that. Like they will work for years on something and then be, and then be no. like, you know what? Fuck it. And then pull the plug. Like I have a lot of friends who did full on video games, motion capture performance, everything like for years. And then the games never got released. It's crazy because that stuff is expensive. Like I, um, I only have like a little bit of, uh, overlap with that only because like I worked in the medical field and, um, there were a lot of patients that would get like, gear, like they would have to put on all the stuff these little dot things and these like mm-hmm. to, to capture their motion for walking. And, uh, you know, I was just interpreting and stuff, but like that, that none of that equipment, none of the things that they're doing is something that seems like could be scrappable. Like it's so expensive. It's so time consuming. Yeah. And that really kind of is shocking to hear that they're like, okay, anyway, like next thing. That's crazy and a little disheartening, I'm sure, for everyone involved. Like, imagine putting so much time and effort into that and just like... Oh, devastating. (laughs) As well, because when you do, especially video games, um, you know, unless you're a celebrity person who they are using to, you know, drum up publicity, like, you're not allowed to talk about it. You you can't tell anything to anybody for years. I mean, you know, it's already been two years now for me. And so, like, I can't use it to help me get another job. Like I can't use the fact that it's a potentially a major title to, to, you know, for my agents or my managers to be like, Hey, just so you know, she's going to be in like, you know, but she's the next call of duty or whatever it is. Like they yeah. can't, they can't do that because nobody can fucking, I mean, my checks have that I get from production have a code name on them. They don't even and a, have a, a lot of that is due to the fact that, you know, and if you're a gamer, you know, this, they will announce a release date for a game and they're literally not going to hit that release date. Yeah. So they'll yeah. announce that it's going to come out in June. The game is not done. Come June, not only is the game not done, but they still got to work on it another year before yeah. they even. So the problem with video games is they get pushed back and pushed back and they get pushed back so much that eventually they just have to release a broken video game. Yeah. And then they try to patch it day one and it's a big jumble. Mess. That, you know what? This is another rant for, you know, gamers, but I think one of the reasons for that is because they're probably, in most cases, I would say 90% of the time, they're not going to hit the release date anyway. So it's kind of hard to say, okay, well, I'm going to be in this game that's coming out in July. And then July comes and the game is nowhere to be seen. And next July comes and the game still isn't out. You know, that's that's just the way video games work. Yeah. 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 So, it, you know, I I have a couple of friends – who are very big in the video game world. Like they just get cast all the time as voice, mostly men because they have very distinct voices, but 
my um, I play Dungeons and Dragons and my dungeon master, he does a ton of motion capture. He has a history of martial arts and he's like a very tall, big dude. So he also like does a ton of stuff. And for years, like he can't tell anybody. And once you hit a certain threshold of the amount of work you've done, you know, that speaks for itself, just like with any, any, you know, working actor, if you have enough credits there. But when you're first, like, this is my first major video game role. I've done little video game roles, but like, this is my biggest one by far. And I can't right. use it to leverage any other work uh, at all. So that's rough. Yeah. And like, you know, hopefully my auditions do that, but there is definitely something about, you know, you get getting hired on the basis of other people having already hired you. Like work begets work. Right. They see that you have credits and they know that you're trustworthy and you can do the job and and somebody else has vouched for you essentially. And, and I when feel it like it's a it's a little fickle with you guys because like if I was a you know a plumber or a, any like a handyman of some sort, I was putting fences up. You can't just be like, oh, this doesn't count. <laughs> Right, like right. You can video and take pictures of all of it and be like, "This is stuff that I did," and yeah. so you have like a good understanding. But like, you're putting in actual work, and then it's like, never can talk about it. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't like to complain about the acting thing too much because I, every job that I get, every audition that I get is a massive privilege, and I know that there are people who are not getting the auditions that I'm getting that are not booking what I'm booking. And also there was a, there's a version of me from a couple of years ago who would have been over the moon to be where I am today. So I try yeah, to be right. really grateful and present. in the fact that like I am doing stuff, I am having the opportunity to do stuff and I am, I do have great representation. I really love my managers. I really have this, I have this great new agent. Like I'm really, I have some momentum it's not maybe as extreme or as fast or as, you know, the rising star that we all wish we were, but it is forward momentum and it will come out in theory in one way that it will come out or eventually the NDA will expire. And I could be like, well, just so you guys know, I would, turns out I was, you know, whatever. Uh, oh. But I think that's where it's understandable why people, you know, actors, actresses and stuff like they get the anxiety of not, knowing if they're going to continue because so much of this feels very like hush hush and then you do this and then it falls through and then I mean there's you know like you said Meryl Streep she's in everything and you're like oh yeah good but I can see where the anxiety comes from like yeah. so many things that you like that whole NDA thing is is just a lot to carry around with you like you know when you're People, for, one of the first things people ask you when meeting you is like, well, what do you do for a living? Right. Like, what have, and then if you say, like, I'm a, you know, I, I act, the, well, what have you been in? What are you working on? Like, these are very natural conversations that, you know, are, are going to happen because of the profession that you're in or just in general. And so, yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense to be like, yeah, it's, I'm constantly like, and which you're grateful and I love that. And you're like, you know, but I can, I can see where the anxiety comes from. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever, whatever you do, Verona, like I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to support you, you, you know, big fan. And, um, we didn't, we didn't get to talk about everything that we talked about in the last podcast, but I still have some usable material from the last podcast, just not, you know, the main stuff. So what I might I mean, end up doing is- we can talk is, again another time as well. Ab, this doesn't abs, have to be a abs, one and done situation. Abs, 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 absolutely. Listen, we've, 
the, the amount of voice messages that we've sent to each other <laughs> over the course of like five years is enough for like 10 podcasts. Yeah. So we could definitely go on and on. Uh, but I definitely wanted to get this out because your movie's coming out next week. And oh my I'm playing it here at the Cigar Lounge. Uh, we're doing a movie night here, open to the public. Everyone can come. Uh, just don't be a dick. Watch a movie the way a movie's intended to be watched. Otherwise, I'm going to pause the movie and look at you and be like, are you done? <laughs> are you done now? All right, because we're going to continue the movie. So I'm, I'm super excited for this movie to come out. I'm going to be blasting it all over the place. Um, big fan of the series and uh, obviously a big fan of you. And, of course, you know, as soon as you pop up on screen, I'm immediately going to pause it and, like, snap a picture. And I don't care. I don't care if it's not your right angle or whatever. I'm going to get it anyway. They're great. I'm gonna, it, it's, yep. it's, look, play the whole thing all the way through and then go back the second time to get the picture. Like, don't right, interrupt I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I, I, I give, I you, give you my word. I'm not going to yeah. do that, all right? I'll give yeah. my word. I'm not going to do that. I'll watch it. I'll watch it the entire way through the first time. And then, and, and then we can have like a private conversation about <laughs> that. We're not going to podcast about your thoughts of the other segments and why shredding yeah, is the best. De- one. <laughs> de- definitely. Definitely. Verona. Um, thank you so much for again, taking another hour out of your day to come hang out with me and talk to Cynthia. And I'm glad you guys got to com- converse with each other. Uh, do, do you want to plug your stuff? Uh, like you did last time, like the work you do with the dogs and your Instagram and, Anything that you want to do, the floor is yours. Uh, If anybody's interested in seeing what I look like, um, I have an Instagram at Bathory, which I imagine will be in the show notes. Uh, 100%. um, I also have a Twitter, but it's mostly retweets um, under the same name. I have a TikTok that's not super active, but sometimes I post funny stuff at Verona Blue. Uh, And if you are looking for some place to send your money, I have a dog rescue called Dogs Without Borders. We are a small dog rescue in Los Angeles, and we have rehomed over 6,000 dogs. And we also rescue dogs from the international dog meat markets in Korea and China and other places. Um, and we need money. So if you were looking for some way to write off some tax dollars, uh, please donate to us. We would love it. Thank you. 501c3. Is that what it's called? Yeah, we're 501c3. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. Well, guys, you know where to find us uh, on Instagram at Weird Crew Podcast. If you want to send us a story or say hey or want us to read something of yours on the podcast, uh, send that to the Weird Crew Podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. If you haven't already, leave us a five star and written review. Uh, the Buy Me a Coffee account is still active if you want to make a one-time donation. Uh, buymeacoffee.com floor, forward slash weird crew. We also have a new t-shirt in our Teespring store. It's got the zombie pilot uh, brought to you by Jetlag Crew. So you guys want to check that out. That will be posted. So we got a bunch mm-hmm. of cool designs in our Teespring store. And I have never once wore one of our t-shirts out somewhere and not gotten a compliment. So it's kind of a win-win for everybody. You get to advertise for us. We get a little bit of cut of the profits and you get a cool shirt so be sure to do all that everything that we just mentioned all those links will be in the description of the podcast episode and as always guys we love you we're going to talk to you very soon and stay weird bye